Welcome, my name is Lee Hopkins, my pronouns are he, him, his, and you're listening to the Patterns of Possibility podcast. In this episode, I'm going to explain the concept of the beat. I'm going to tell you what it means and how it relates to you. This episode is going to be pretty heavy with terminology and just understanding the concept, and I don't want to overwhelm you. So in the next episode, we're going to talk about how you can apply it. In this episode, just get the concept. Have you ever been surprised by your actions or your thoughts? Chances are you have. It's called a Freudian slip. And it's an unintentional revealing of some unconscious feeling or thought that you have. The best, worst example that I can give is you calling out someone else's name in a night of heated passion with your current partner. Ooh, that's not good. Not only are you surprised, but so is your partner. If you were on beat, you wouldn't be surprised. In fact, that's very likely not to happen. Let me tell you why. Psychologists have figured out that you as a conscious human being do these four things. You believe, you emote, you act, you think. Psychologists have also figured out that your beliefs, emotions, actions, and thoughts all appear together. Now it depends on which paper you're reading or which book you're diving into, but you'll see different terminology for them. You may see a thought called the cognition or you might see the belief and the thought interchanged, but we could all agree that they appear together. And the reason why they appear together is not a coincidence. They are interconnected and they influence each other. They appear in every situation, every moment, of every day. Sometimes you just don't know that they're there. And that's why we have Freudian slips. But your beliefs, emotions, actions, and thoughts, the beats is an acronym for that. It spells out your essence. It spells out who you are in any given situation. Now, if you're on beat, you are aware of your beliefs, emotions, actions, and thoughts in any given situation. When you're on beat, you're in sync. That means you see your naked consciousness. You are absolutely completely aware. You're not going to do anything that surprises you. You might surprise your poor, poor partner, but you won't be surprised. And it's advantageous to know more about you. It's advantageous to know who you are because you become more authentic. So you don't waste your time or spend energy doing things that you know that you are not going to like. Sometimes we do that. Sometimes we do it subconsciously, right? So if you've ever been in a relationship or you went on a date and you pretended to like all the things and then you get into a relationship and six months later, you all of a sudden are a different person to your partner. They're like, you liked this before. Well, I, I never liked it. I was just pretending. Wow, that's really frustrating. And it's a mess for both of you. And you're a poor partner. So these, and also uh, seemingly benign things, like I know that I love pickles and I can't be with anybody who doesn't like pickles. Simple, 
benign thing. Yes. But I am very passionate about this thing. And I know that it's non-compromisable. And I won't pretend. Now, pickles are silly, right? I mentioned such a seemingly benign thing. But that's how big conflicts start. They start with little, little things, little beliefs, little thoughts in our head that's telling us day after day, I don't like this. I don't want to do this. I want to be this. I'd rather be here. I won't. I want something else in my life until they come out as an emotion or as an action. And it destroys everything that you've built because you didn't want it in the first place. The next question you might have is how do you get on beat? Well, these elements are interconnected. So if you know one, you can figure out the rest of them. And it takes more work for some of them than others. I want you to remember that the beat is tied to a specific situation. So it's different from moment to moment. And you could agree that if you're at church, you're going to be different than you are at the club or around your friends or around your kids. So your beliefs, emotions, actions, and thoughts will be different in each situation. And it's also different in a more granular sense, as in from moment to moment. There's also significance in the spelling of the word beat. You know, belief, emotion, action, thought, B-E-A-T. There's significance in the way it's spelled. Because the closer you are to the front of the word, B, then the end of the word, T for thought, the closer you are to the front, the more impact that element is going to have on the situation. What I'm saying is that your belief rules. Your belief influences your emotions, actions, and thoughts. Like if you know the belief, you would have a really good idea of what the emotion, action, and thoughts are going to be. Your emotions, they're powerful too. They can get you to act. Let's take a little closer look at each element. B for belief. So belief is an acceptance that something is true or something exists and that's all nothing else don't confuse this with religion it's not that it's a belief like the earth is flat the floor is lava the earth is round there's aliens out there whatever your belief is something that you know is true and no one can take that away from you no one can change it except you and certainly no one knows it better than you. Really quick sidebar, our beliefs live in an unconscious state of mind. So there's unconscious and subconsciousness. And I want to touch on those really quick. So your unconsciousness is an inaccessible part of your mind. You can't like think about your unconsciousness and go there. Like you can't walk around and consciously do that. It's inaccessible. And your unconsciousness will drive your emotions and your actions. So an example of unconscious behavior is something I remember from my college days. And I was getting some party stuff. I remember we had Pucker, we had Kahlua, we had some Arbor Mist, you know, poor college kid fancy stuff. So 
we had that stuff and my buddy said, hey, whatever you do, whatever you do, don't drink all of them. Just pick two or three things and enjoy that throughout the night. And I say, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So what I did, of course, is I tried one of everything and it was the worst experience. I've never been so hungover in my entire life. I feel so sick the next day. And all I remember is Kahlua, that smell. And to this day, I can't drink Kahlua. It can't get close to my face. I can't do pucker either. It's disgusting. That's an unconscious behavior. My body, my mind says, ugh, this is disgusting. Get it away from me. Just thinking about it makes me cringe. Yeah. So that's unconscious behavior. Now subconsciousness is a little different. Subconsciousness is a repository for information. It's like a giant safe in the back of your brain. You store all the things that you've learned back there. An example of that would be like, um, I was working at the company for five years and every single day I'd hop in the car Monday through Friday and go on my way, drive to work. Same commute every single day, five years. Then I hop into my car on a Saturday morning trying to go to Target, but instead I find myself heading to work. That's my subconsciousness showing up. Hey, we're in the car and every time we get in the car we go to work, right? So we must be going to work and automatically my muscle memory kicked in and I started driving to work. Another example of that is training for martial arts or let's say boxing. They train so much that they don't have to think about that one-two punch that they're going to throw. They don't have to think about the kick that they're going to block because it's already set in their subconsciousness. Now that we know the difference between unconscious mind and subconscious mind, it's important to note that your beliefs live in your unconscious mind. And that's a very deep, dark, and difficult place to get to. So we're going to leave that for now because we need to identify the rest of the beat before we can understand our belief. The next element is emotion. Emotion. Toxic masculinity will tell you that men don't have this, but everyone does. An emotion is a natural instinctive state of mind, and it comes from your circumstances, your mood, or relationships with others. So, most people have a difficult time identifying their emotion. They can identify glad, happy, sad for the most part, but there are a plethora of emotions. And the better you are at identifying specific emotions, the easier it is to understand what your belief is. A for action. An action is the process of doing something to achieve a goal. And your actions are driven by your emotions. We surprise ourselves with some kind of action we didn't think we could do when a strong, intense emotion comes along. Take fear, for example. If you're a little scared, you're probably not gonna do anything that, that you wouldn't expect. But if you're terrified, you can almost guarantee that you're gonna do something that might change your life. Let's take a look at this example. Uh, let's say you and your friend are running, you're in a forest and you're running from Smokey the Bear. He's chasing you, you and your friend are neck and neck and you're running and you're panting, you're sweating and you're absolutely terrified and so is your friend and you're just, <sighs> and your friend starts to pass you. So you reach out 
and you grab him by the neck, by the back of his coat, and you pull down and you keep running. Wow. In normal circumstances, there's no way you would ever want to do anything like that, right? That's your best friend that you just gave up for bear food. But in this state of mind, this emotion overpowered, and you act. T for thought. Thought is a formation of opinions within the mind. This is where you consider ideas, people, experiences, and facts. Now, right here, I want to stop to talk about the difference between the belief and the thought, because they're both originating in the mind. In my opinion, they influence each other, but they're not the same. Here are three fundamental ways that I found that they're different. First, the belief is unconscious, while the thoughts are conscious. Second, the belief is hard to interact with, while the thoughts are easy to interact with. Third, the belief commands and you obey. The thought suggests and you consider. Big differences between the two, but they are definitely connected, not only because they originate in the mind, but they influence each other. The belief is devious and elusive, while your thoughts are taunting and seductive. Although your belief is a powerhouse in this situation, your thoughts, copious amounts of them, can overwhelm your belief and ultimately change it. Let's look at a hypothetical situation. All right, it's been 48 hours and you haven't eaten. You're somewhere in a downtown area and you're just super hungry. You have no friends, no family, no support system. It's just you on your own. All you can think about now is how hungry you are. And some more thoughts come in. Let's deal. I'm hungry. Your brain, let's deal. Let's deal. If your belief says bad people steal and you're not a bad person, then guess what? You're going to go hungry. That's what my inner judgy voice sounds like. Bad people. All right. So now if you have enough thoughts, you can overwhelm your belief. Your thoughts can come and be pervasive and they can attack and take over. Now, let's say the situation is more dire. It's been an entire week. Still no food. You haven't stolen. You haven't eaten. You're hungry. You're out of your mind. And the thoughts are just coming. They're pounding you every single day, 24 hours a day. Food, food, food. Steal, steal, steal. Steal, steal, steal. And after enough time, your shift is going to happen. Your belief is going to change from bad people steal and you're not a bad person to, oh well, or you'll justify it with something like, this is a difficult situation, but I need to live. I believe stealing is right in this situation. Then you'll be able to feel like you're going to do it. You'll be able to feel okay with the belief and you'll do the action. Now, this situation is completely made up. It's out there, stretched. It's plausible, but this is not a foreign concept. This is something that we know as self-talk. Here's an example from a timeless classic called The Little Engine That Could. I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, till it becomes, I know I can, I know I can, I know I can. And then it becomes, I believe I can. And you feel like you can do it, and then you do it. That is the power of the thought. In overwhelming numbers, it can change the belief. This seems like a really good place to stop. 
We covered a lot of great information today. We talked about the concept of the beat, beliefs, emotions, actions, and thoughts, and why they're connected and how they're connected. And we also talked about how it relates to you. It's your essence. It tells you how you appear in the world. And that's whether you acknowledge it or not. That's how it's going to show up. And when you're on beat and in sync, that means you're all of your beliefs, emotions, actions, and thoughts all line up, you will see your naked consciousness. It really means that you'll be able to see and acknowledge your true self. And this allows you to live a life that is more fulfilled. For Patterns of Possibility, my name's Lee Hopkins, and my pronouns are he, him, his. You can find me at patternsofpossibility.com, or you can reach out to me on Instagram. And remember, where there's a pattern, there's a possibility. Bad people steal, and you're not a bad person.